Welcome to the Be Encouraged podcast. I am your host, Jackie Brindle. I am a mom of three, wife, teacher, and I do like to run. Life is busy, but one thing is for certain. With God, nothing is impossible. Hello, and welcome back to the Be Encouraged podcast. I'm your host, Jackie Brindle, and thank you so much for joining me today. It is such a pleasure knowing that you're here listening and you're coming back each week and being encouraged. And if this is your first time pushing play, I want to tell you that you're so welcomed, and I'd love to have you back time and time again, because this is a community where you feel hope, love, and of course, encouragement. And this week, I talked with the lovely Holly Foley on episode number 35. She is a mom of four, creative, so fun, and has such a heart to helping others. Who doesn't want that in a friend? You know, lucky for me, we go way back. Yeah, college days, way back. She was my roommate. And although a lot has happened since we parted ways, we, you guys are in for a real treat as we sit down and untangle what the waiting rooms of life were like in our lives and especially in Holly's. You know, there's things that we hope for and maybe you're in a season right now that you're just sitting and waiting and feeling like you're in that waiting room. It can be lonely, hopeless, and sometimes it also feels pointless, leaving you to wonder, are we there yet? Am I going to be called next? You know, if I had a dollar every time my kid said, are we there yet in the car? I'd probably be a millionaire by now, but let's buckle up. Grab your coffee, get a pile of laundry going, or lace up your shoes because wherever you are listening, I'm sure you will be encouraged. Welcome to the Be Encouraged podcast. I'm so excited to talk to my one of my very good friends, Holly Foley. Hi, Holly. Hi, everybody. Hi, Jackie. So tell everyone a little bit about yourself, Holly, because I think it's really... Um, you know, on this episode today, you guys, it's really about how God uses us in each kind of season and pivot point, even if we're waiting on something in our journey, you know, and I think that's one thing I know we, we kind of talked about as we were collaborating for this episode was, you know, speaking to the waiting periods of our life and how God uses those things. Cause mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, the waiting, it's part of life, right? Like, so can you tell us a little bit, you know, post-college, your, your story and background. Yeah. So, um, post-college is kind of where, uh, our journey kind of began was marriage. I mean, we got married a week after we graduated from undergrad. Um, and then, or no, sorry, not a week, a month after we graduated. And then a week later, we actually picked up and moved from Pennsylvania to Athens, Georgia, where my husband Tate, um, did grad school. And he, so he's a, He's a professor of printmaking, so he has actually has a terminal degree, um, which is uh, the Master's of Fine Arts, and so that's a three-year program. So we lived in Athens for three years while he finished out his um, master's degree, and then he, he graduated, and we moved out here to St. Louis, Missouri, where he had accepted a job offer. Um, he teaches printmaking and studio art at Webster University. And we've been here ever since. Um, basically, the main points, like the abridged, abridged version of our lives, is um, that we moved out here. We found a church community that we absolutely love. We brought, we bought a house, um, and that, that we've done a lot of work on. 
we had four kids and we just started, you know, living our life. Um, and you know, like when you said like the wait, waiting period was a lot of it was before then. And, and so being out here, a lot of those waiting periods have like come to fruition. Yeah. Tell me a little bit more about that because I think, you know, you, you really unpacked a lot of your, your quick timeline of the past, like 15 years or so. Um, and I think it'd be really great to know, like, so coming out of college and like you said, it almost sounds like Tate's kind of, um, trajectory was very linear. Um, but I'm curious, was yours so linear as well? I think that, you know, my husband's path was so different than mine because his was so like, like you said, next point to next point to next point. This is what I'm doing. This is a list of things that I have to accomplish. And and meanwhile, my my role in that was just kind of like popping in and, and doing the things that I had to, but it wasn't so like report to this place at this time. It was very much like, okay, well, we moved to Georgia and now Tate's starting his degree. And uh, while he had a graduate assistantship and that gave him a stipend, I was still like the main source of income for our family. So while I had just graduated, I didn't have this time where I could like live at home with mom and dad and find the right fit and the right job. I basically just had to get a job so that I could support us and that we wouldn't, you know, that we would be able to pay our rent and things like that. And so my trajectory was kind of more of a figure it out as you go along, which was funny. And, and when you were talking about periods of waiting, I feel like so much of our early marriage and early relationship was, was waiting periods and in times of just like our life buffering. (laughs) That's how I felt like in the office when Kelly Kapoor says, it feels like my life is buffering. (laughs) That's how I, that's how I felt for a long time. Um, I mean, it started when, right after we started dating really, because we dated for six years before we got married, we actually met in high school and uh, knew pretty quickly that we would want to get married. I mean, it was very clear that like, Oh, you're my person. And so we started dating in um, junior year. And so we did the long distance thing for a bit because neither of us had the driver's licenses. Um, And we were so rural and we were so young. And so that time of like getting done with high school and then knowing that you had to finish college um, and, and just to waiting for that thing that you've known all along that you're just kind of like hanging out <laughs> until, yeah. you know? And so like when I think about those those waiting periods, I think about them as such a gift and such a trial. So like those six years before we got married were such a gift because we got to know each other so well. We like we knew every every quirk about each other, everything that you needed to know, and it prepared us so well for marriage. And then our three years in Georgia was such a joy because we got so much time together as newlyweds that we will just like never forget. But it was absolutely a trial. I mean, I went to get that job that I had to get. And it just happened to be one I absolutely did was not called to. <laughs> didn't love, didn't like the lady that I was originally working with. And um, we were like two people in a two-person office. And so it was just like that That one was a trial. Um, and we were, and I, and I didn't feel like I could just quit because I was our like sole income basically at the time. 
Um, we were also like living in family and graduate housing throughout that time. So it, that was a joy because it allowed us to save a ton of money for our future. However, it was like this weird extension of dorm room life that I was not pumped for. <laughs> and so it was like, you know, where you're married and you want to build a home and, and decorate and make your own space. It felt like, oh, I'm just shoved into this cinder block box for another three years. Um, and while that ended up being a really smart and good financial decision, we were like trapped in 500 square feet of apartment together. <laughs> and right. so um, that that was absolutely a trial um, in, in just the waiting. And then, of course, like fast forward, it's like you're waiting to become waiting to become a mother. Like I knew from a really young age that I wanted to have kids and we had dated for six years and been in school for three extra years. And then I, so by the time we were finally able to have kids, we had been together for nine years. And so it, that, that was like one of those things, like I was so ready for it and I was just waiting all of this time for it to happen. And then, as I said, uh, I don't know if I touched on this before, but we also, um, sorry, I feel like I'm giving you a laundry list of <laughs> stuff we've been waiting through. But um, we, we also, while we were in Georgia, had an incredibly difficult time finding a church home. And it was something we were so hungry for. And just, we probably tried 20 churches while we lived in Athens and just none of them felt like the right fit or like that people even remembered us from week to week. So like we were so hungry for those relationships and people were just like, Oh, hi, is this your first week? And we're like, no, we've been here for two months. <laughs> and so, um, so all of those things were just this kind of bouncing from thing to waiting game to waiting game, basically. And then right, waiting room to waiting room. <laughs> that's exactly right. And then, you know, of course, like the, the, not the current, not the, I almost said the end is that we're out here in Missouri, but it's not the end. It's like, we're living the lives we've been waiting for now, which is such a joy, you know? Yeah. It almost feels like, um, you know, the hope of sticking something out, you know, if, if I feel like, you know, in sports, like, I don't know, I'm just going to relate to sports, but uh, like sitting on the bench, like watching it and learning it and sitting back and watching it and knowing like, okay, when they put me in, I'm going to do it this way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's exactly I'm going to get right. my turn. Yeah. I can fully relate to that. I remember playing basketball in high school and be like sitting on the bench a lot. Cause I wasn't the greatest offensive player. <laughs> and I just, I remember like feeling like, okay, when's this going to be over <laughs> or when yeah. it ends, I can do something, but that's how like, you know, the first I don't know, 20 something years of my life felt. So <laughs> it was just good foresight or, you know, good foreshadowing for the rest of my twenties. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think how was how it all worth it though? Like, I mean, because I think anybody listening can be like, yes, I've had that season or maybe right now you guys, you're going through that season where you're like, Oh, I just want this waiting, get out of the waiting room. Like I want them to call me next, you know, and, and it can feel I don't know, maybe you've ever kind of gone through this, but like when you try to figure it out on your own, it never seems to work out. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I definitely do. I think that um, one of the things you said <clears throat> was, was it worth it? And I was, I was thinking about that just like, of course it was worth it, right? Of course, like I see where I am now 
the proof is in the pudding. Like I, I'm here. I see the fruit that all of that waiting has created. And then one of my absolute favorite phrases in life is that everything is 2020 in hindsight, because I think it is, it so fully encompasses those, the truths of those waiting periods. It's like, and I think those like 2020 hindsight moments were, were very peppered into the, that, that, those waiting periods. It's like, when I say we were bouncing from waiting room to waiting room to waiting room, it's like at the end of each, it felt like God gave me a glimpse of well, this is what that was for. Like, I taught you this. I grew you here. I, I showed you, you know, how faithful I am. And, and now you can see. And so he gave me like these like faith building glimpses of what he was doing in each of those periods. Like when I said, I, I worked at, I worked at a staffing agency when we first got married and I just was not super cut out for that job. I didn't love it. It wasn't like my passion. It actually made me very anxious because there's this like this component of this client needs four workers. And if you can't find them right now and meet all of these qualifications, then you are not, you are not doing your job. And some of that is so out of your hands. And I don't love the out of my hands type of jobs. I want things to be in my control and I don't want it to reflect poorly on me when something out of my control is supposed to be in that control basically. And so I went, I went through that job thinking like, God, what do you have for me? And I was working with a woman who was very mean. She was just mean. She would just <laughs> say things to make me cry. And I'm like a 20 something year old girl and you just barely have to say anything to me to make me cry. So it wasn't <laughs> difficult. Um, and I remember it felt like it felt like forever that I was in that situation. And not long after that, I mean, she was let go. And, it, and then they brought in a, a manager over me who I still talk to this to this day, because she was such a wonderful human and just so kind and sweet and encouraging, you know, like the opposite of what I had been with for so long before. And then, you know, eventually I, I got enough job experience there and I moved up to a job I liked a little better. And then we moved out here and I moved to a job I really, really liked. And so like those kind of access points or finishing points of each of those chapters were like, oh gosh, I see Lord, why you led me through that to teach me this really important thing that is growing my faith and growing me as a person. And when I can look back on those moments in, in this like hindsight area, it, it becomes so clear to me. And I, and I'm always so thankful for those times too, because they're, they're just great encouragement that what you went through wasn't for nothing. Like it wasn't pointless, like, because those periods of waiting are so, they can be so burdensome. Those trials that like feel so long and difficult and pointless, like they're never going to end. Um, and, but then when you're looking back at them with that better vision, you can see what God produced in you through that time of waiting on him. And you can rest assured even more that God's timing is not your own timing and his plans are perfect. Um, and so whatever trial we went through, be it like those early marriage years or, you know, out here in Missouri having young kids, um, you know, they're, they're small trials compared to what some people face, but God's using those to produce something in us that would strengthen our relationship or strengthen our family or strengthen our faith.
you know, and I just our dependence on him. No, that's so good. I think um, you said something really good. You said it wasn't for nothing. Yeah. And I think that that just simple word of appreciation, like I love that you said hindsight because I think there's always like when you can look back and have that time to self-reflect. And I think I do it more now when I'm older in my 30s now. Um, I can look back. There's some more decades to kind of sift through and I can go, oh, what really wasn't for nothing. Mm -hmm. Even if the waiting feels like you guys, it's, you know, just today and you felt like, man, I'm waiting for these results and it feels like the longest day ever. You know, God is still for you and working on you and he's not going to give up on you. I know sometimes you just want to throw in the towel, right? Um, And, you know, sometimes it's just being resilient and rising up through the, through the thorns, because I think sometimes we can get stuck in just a really messy situation that's out of our control. Like that job was not in, you know, right. As you, you felt it wasn't right for you in the moment. Um, But the thing is you stuck out a job that you know, you had to do. And some of us have to go through Mm -hmm. the mucky part of life because we have to, right. Yeah. Um, and I just, I guess I'm always curious to see how people be- can become resilient. And I think what you have, Holly, is something really special. And that's appreciation. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it's from the day, whether maybe you're parenting and it's hard, or maybe it's something that you're going through at work or, you know, looking back on decades, there's an appreciation for all of those pivot points. I mean, sometimes I just, I forget that God is at work. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like Absolutely. It's very easy to forget that, you know, like I think about it in my daily life now, you know, I, I have four kids, as you know, and that's, that's a trial in itself. (laughs) Like (laughs) I am, I am primarily a stay at home mother and I have four kids. We ages one and a half to 10 years old. And I also have like a side hustle. <laughs> like I, um, I do marketing and um, design for various real estate agents here in St. Louis. And so my day gets very busy, very like it can get stressful because I have work to do, but I also have to, I'm a stay at home mom first. And, you know, I think even any stay at home mom, like there's so much monotony in the day. There's so many things where you're yelling at this kid to stop doing that or yelling at that kid to stop doing this, that it can, it can be very easy to forget that the Lord is, that you're serving him, that, you know, like your work is not for nothing, that it's not pointless, that even when you are just folding 25 loads of laundry all at the same time, which is what I felt like I was doing today. Even when you're doing that, you are serving the kingdom because you are taking care of these little ones that are so important, you know, and, and like, I certainly do not mean to say that motherhood is all monotony because it is so, it's such a blessed life. Like it's so joyful. It is, it just, it brings me such abundant joy to take care of these little people, these like little disciples that we are, we are raising up, you know? Um, but I think it's, I think my husband is such a good, like spiritual leader to me. He's always reminding me like, Holly, like, it's not, you're not just washing the dishes. You're serving our family when you do this. Like, and it's not, (laughs) that sounds like almost a condescending thing now that I, now that I say it out loud, but it's not, it is, he is really leading me and like, make sure that you know 
that the things that you're doing that feel monotonous are taking care of the least in the kingdom of God. You are, you are serving your family as God has asked you to. And especially when it's something you don't want to do, whether it be working a job so that you hate (laughs) because you have to support your husband through college and um, you can't just quit in your own selfishness. You, people are depending on you, you know? And so whether it be that or just something really tedious about your day, I mean, there's such worth in the work that you're doing, even when it's hard to see. Right. Especially like being a mom, sometimes it's so thankless. Can I get a thank you? Like, you know, (laughs) today I was, um, we had had, we had had leftover cornbread for lunch today. <laughs> and I was, I, my kids love cornbread. They love it so much, but you know, cornbread crumbs everywhere, everywhere, all over the floor. There are crumbs like in a mile radius of where they are eating. And, and so today <laughs> the kids had gotten all this food all over the floor. I was going downstairs to put the baby to sleep and I come back up or, and I, and I was coming back up and my daughter, my eldest daughter, Elle, was saying um, something and I, something about the crumbs. And I said, would you mind sweeping them up for me? <laughs> and she, she did it reluctantly, but about halfway through, she's getting to this point where she's really, really, really complaining about it. Like, mom, the crumbs will not stay in the pile. Mom, the crumbs are going everywhere. And I'm just like, I am just biting my tongue of like, and now you know why we don't have cornbread every day. (laughs) It was just this like very like, like surreal moment of this is a teachable time where you are learning what it looks like to be me a little bit and to not be thanked for sweeping up these cornbread crumbs. In hindsight, she will thank you and appreciate everything that you're doing. It was a really good, it was a really good time because I think at the end of all of it, when I had to like actually scold her for complaining so poorly and giving up. (laughs) And now now you see. Now, now. (laughs) Yes. And then maybe that's, I mean, it's just like a teachable moment and that God might even look at us and go, Yes, but th- now you see what I'm working on. I'm working on yes. teaching you some a valuable lesson. I think that's yes. what helps us to become resilient, you know, um, in, in times that when it seems hopeless, it seems like, it. what is this even, what am I working this job for? What am I in this season of life for? Or I, I maybe you're in this long stretch of singleness and you're thinking to yourself, mm-hmm. well, this isn't, you know, this is probably, you know, the thinking the worst of it all, you know, but I think God, you'll look back and you'll appreciate it all in the end. And, and maybe, maybe you won't, but, um, you know, Holly, maybe you can speak to more of that. How has God shown up for you in your life in ways that now, um, you can just thank God for in, in through those trials. For sure. I mean, I think the, that God has shown me over and over again, time and time again, that he has orchestrated my path. You know, like when we talked about, you know, Tate's path was so linear and and, and yours didn't seem that way. And, and even like talking about like jumping from this thing to that thing. And, and it, it almost, it almost looks on paper, like it's this weird sporadic little line, like, or, you know, um, line that we're drawing of like, 
an amoeba shape. <laughs> That's what the word I'm trying yeah. to think of, like this weird like amoeba shape that I'm drawing that is the path of my life. Um, but it wasn't it it wasn't trajectoryless, for lack of a better word. It wasn't it was the path that God put me on. And it wasn't a straight line, but it was absolutely where I was supposed to go. Like I can think of, you know, so many times in my life where, you know, that like step out in faith moment, like I I I want, I feel like my heart is called to this thing and I need to God is asking me to do it. You know, like I remember when we first moved here to St. Louis, I was actually working as a project coordinator at St. Louis Children's Hospital in their foundation. And I started there and almost immediately found out that I was pregnant and we had been trying. And so I planned to go back to work after I had the baby. I was, I, I loved my job for a lot of reasons. And as like lots of moms work, but once my first daughter was born, as most moms know, everything changed. And I was just a basket case about having to go back to work and not wanting to and wanting to stay home with her. And I really worried and feared leaving there for so many reasons. I loved my job. I loved my coworkers. And even more, I actually really loved working. I mean, I started working when I was 14 years old. And apart from my senior year, I worked at least 10 hours a week every week throughout undergrad because I had a I had a scholarship that required me to do so. So I was partly nervous in that time not to have a purpose or that feeling of productivity that work gave me. And then the income loss was terrifying. We were hoping to buy a house, like the extra cost of having a baby. So all of that encompassed in this giant ball of anxiety about, but I really want to stay home with my kid. And so eventually I just did it. I got to a point where I was like, nope, I'm going to do it. Like, I, I really feel like this is where God is calling my heart. And it didn't feel disobedient not to quit and, and stay home, but it felt like it wasn't my purpose. And because we were in a place that I could, because my husband was so supportive about it, I did leave my job and did what I really wanted to do, which was stay home with her and not miss any of the important moments and just like, you know, not be missing her 40 hours a week. And then a year or so later, God made this perfect, incredibly unexpected way to cover and squash all of those fears that I had had before I left. I had um, started working part-time by way of someone I knew through working at the hospital. Um, part-time for this like really incredible family where the mother had started a real estate firm and they just basically needed a helper around the house because they just didn't have the time anymore to pick their kids up or schedule a repair guy for their refrigerator ice maker that had been broken for a year <laughs> and like stuff like that. And so it was also this thing where I was able to bring my daughter with me. It was a very part-time situation they were so loving and supportive. And then it had evolved over a year or two into what I'm even currently doing now. Um, so, her, so the husband of the family is a real estate agent. And so I, I evolved into doing his marketing and administration and design work. And then 
it, it kind of created this business or freelance business, basically, that I, to this day, am growing in and loving and feeling like I have truly found my calling and my passion and my work that, like I said, I always truly like love to do. But it's also been this huge blessing that has allowed me to stay at home and be a stay-at-home mom first and foremost. And so when I'm looking back at that time of like, gosh, I was this like 20 something young mom at this hospital who had finally gotten a job that I even liked, (laughs) even people around me that were kind to me and like supportive and loving. And to leave that, what what a leap of faith that was to do what God was asking me to do. But then he so quickly perfectly designed the rest of my path, even to where I am now. And that was like eight or nine years ago. So even now that I'm still doing that and finding so much joy in, in picking up new clients or designing or marketing and all that stuff, it was so planned and so calculated this path that he had me on that I could never have known, like never have known, never have really even thought up in my head that that was a possibility. Oh God, that's such a good story. I I love it because there's two things that really jump out at me. One, how God is so faithful to listen to those little desires of our hearts. Um, I think, Holly, like I've known you since college with your kids and, you know, knowing how much you and Tate wanted to start a family and you saying, even in the dorm rooms back in the day, how you wanted to raise your kids and be a stay-at-home mom, that is not laid on every mom's heart. Like, like sometimes it's just not. That is not probably how I am wired. I loved the time I had was at home, but I you know, there's always that balance and wherever you are, whatever you're listening to right now, maybe that you have that little thing in your mind, how, you know, you know, you know, this is that desire, how God, um, what you want to happen for your life. But God is listening to that. And he listened to Holly in that dorm room so long ago, um, when Tate and her were, were just dating and, and how that seed had grown and how it had blossomed and came into complete flourishing. Like you couldn't have planned it any other way. I just think, wow, God knew every little piece he was going to connect the dots to, you know, and it it may not have looked similar to Tate's, but what a cool design he was making on you and what a cool design he's making on your heart, you guys. So if you think you're like in the waiting and what is this all for and how is it going to, how are these lines going to connect? Let me tell you, this is confidence building. It will. It will. You may not see it coming, but I mean, I don't know, Holly, did you see it coming? (laughs) Gosh, no. But what you said, Jackie, that confidence building, I think that is absolutely key because I think about it in our faith, but also like just as a person who's growing and maturing, like um, that the confidence that going through those trials and those waiting periods and like looking back when it's complete and feeling like, oh, that had an answer every you know what I mean like and we don't always get those but when we do they're so confidence building like in your own ability to you know stick out a job that really stinks or you know your your ability to get through the day when it feels like everything is stacked against you I very specifically think about the trajectory of my life and the way that God has been so for me and so 
um, in those details. And so many times those like hindsight moments that he's given me that have built such extreme confidence in my faith, you know, so that when we go through much, much harder trials, like, um, like family issues or our, our fourth child, um, we had had a test come back really scary while I was pregnant with her. And we weren't sure that she was going to live. Wow. And that was a, that was a really hard time. And there were, there were several days of, of real uncertainty. And there were several weeks after that of, of uncertainty. (laughs) But I remember thinking in the time where we just didn't know. We're, we're waiting to take another test. We're waiting, you know, the, it, and it was just a matter of a few days, but it was such an incredible, it was one of the most difficult times I've ever gone through in my life. Like, you know, those, those deep, deep storms that you, that you can weather and, and hold fast to your faith because you have seen so clearly how God has taken care of you before in the little things and, mm-hmm. and you know he is building his confidence in you to weather the really scary stuff you know and like and not lose your faith and not lose like sight of how good he is and how perfect his timing is and how right his plan is and you know too like just knowing that his plan might not be your plan like my plan was to have a healthy baby and thank God that was God's plan too. But it is not always. I remember in those couple of days of like really wondering what our lives were going to be like if that turned out the opposite way, just feeling like if God needs to take her, Mm. that doesn't mean that God isn't good. And it means that he's, he doesn't love me. It just means that his plan isn't my plan and I can't know right now. And someday I'll have a hindsight moment where Mm. I know why I went through that or why he did that. You know what I mean? And so like, of course, like I cannot speak for a mother who's lost a child because thankfully I have not. But we came close to, like, feeling like we might. And that was a really terrifying thing of just, like, thinking about what, what would happen to my faith if this didn't work out the way I wanted it to work out. Or this didn't, you know, like, it didn't have a happy ending. And I just remember in that time feeling, like, such confidence in the faith that God had built in me, knowing, like, this will not shake my faith whatever the outcome, God has proven to me over and over that he is good. He is holy. His path is the right path, regardless of how it ends. Mm. You know, I think that's it, you guys, Um, regardless of how our story ends, regardless of, you know, wherever we're heading in life, whatever God has big, big plans in store for us, whatever that may be, the door opens or the door closes, you know, it's, it's, it's not the end until God says at the end and he is going to show up. He's going to show up in that waiting room with you, just like he he did for you. I mean, my gosh, what a hard thing to go through. And yet peace sounds like 
just comforted you yeah. through it all, you know? Um, and I think that you guys, that's right. Like we can lean in um, and maybe faith isn't your thing or maybe it is. But I think just leaning in to him when you're going through the waiting, I think you'll be surprised at how God will show up for you um, as you listen into his voice. And that, and that may not be all the time. You may not have 10 minutes in the morning or, or five. But listen, if you take just a breath to say, okay, here, here's my need. Here's what I got. And just build on that conversation, that relationship, just like you would, you know, your husband or your boyfriend or your mom or your dad, whatever relationship you're in, allowing that little piece out can benefit you so much. You know, it's, it's funny when they say like you reap what you sow because, you know, um, just that thankfulness, you know, kind of softens that hard ground, you know? Um, and I also makes me think about like the parable of the growing seed. I don't know. It's somewhere in, in Mark chapter four or something, but it basically is saying, you know, um, Jesus is saying, you know, this is what the kingdom of God is like. You know, a man scatter, scatters the seed on the ground and night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he has no clue how. <laughs> it just happens. You know, I think that's life. God, he is doing things even without us knowing it. And I just think, man, if we can just not lose our faith, I think that's funny. That like was the most important thing to you was not losing that. And I think God's saying, listen, it's not because I've got you, you know? Absolutely. I think that like God has been, you know, through my life, he has been such a good and kind and forgiving, gentle father that I don't deserve (laughs) because, you know, like I am, I am a wretch. I am sinful. I am, I lose my temper (laughs) multiple times a day with my children and I have to apologize and move, move forward and past it. But God doesn't lose his temper with me and I deserve it so much, you know? And so when I think about, you know, just his character and how he has just sanctified me and grown me throughout the the years of just knowing him and trusting him and, you know, even like going through trials that would like build my, my trust in him. Um, he has like, absolutely made this path for me to fail over and over again and still be made new. And I mean, I just, I think about that. I think about the, his true nature and his saving grace and what that means for me and how that is just like this absolute hope in, in me, because I know that, you know, Holly on her own, she's going to fail Holly on her own. She is barely making it through the day, you know, um, Holly on her own could not have made it through the difficult storm of like feeling like you were going to give birth to a baby who was going to die right away. You know what I mean? Like that really real scary thing. Like there, the, me on my own, I cannot weather that on, uh, on my strength only. And so that, that unshakable certainty that he has grown in me of who he is and how he loves me is I think really the overarching story of my life. You know, like when I share these like circumstantial, like we did this and we did that and now we're here and we have this and we have that. It's like the, the only theme throughout my life that has carried me this far and that has gotten me to this place is him and his, his love and his, you know, just faithful, his faithfulness and his kind nature, you know? 
Amen. Yes, girl. You know, God is orchestrating a path for you. And, and not only Holly, but for you too, it's, it's an invitation for you, you know? Um, and if you're in that waiting period, friend, we got you, (laughs) we know, we know, you know, and I think God knows more than we know. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure he's orchestrating a path and a way out for you. And in his timing things, gosh, I mean, Ecclesiastes, chapter three, listen, it's all over about different timings of our lives. And we all go through different timings of our lives and different seasons. And, you know, there's just this unconditional love, like Holly was talking about and support. And if you need a reminding of that today, that you are loved sister, friend, you are, you are created with gifts and you might be doing a job that is thankless or something that you just hate doing, or you really want to shift directions or go for your dream. And, and now what? You're coming up against a, a brick wall. God's got you. He sees you. He sees the efforts, the tireless time you're putting into it. He knows. And you know, and he knows your struggles too. And he's working on you. I promise you, he's not forgotten about you in the waiting room. He's going to call your name when it is good and ready. And so thank you so much for talking to us about, uh, you know, the waiting period of your life and the seasons of your life, Holly. It's just so refreshing to hear your story and everything that God has been teaching you um, and really been putting on your heart. So thank you so much. You know, your kids, they have such a great role model for that too. Well, thank you for having me, Jackie. I, um, it's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you today and like, I just love the message of your podcast and the heart passion that God has put into you to, you know, just like speak encouragement to others, whether that be, you know, like Jesus based and faithful or, you know, secular at times because, you know, not everybody is there. Um, But I just I love that that heart heart thing that he has put in you to just like love on people and want to encourage them and you know, lead them into the, like on a path of just like truthfulness, you know, like when, when we, when Satan whispers lies to us constantly, that you, that, that encouraging bone that you have in your body would just like pop them right back on the right path to like, just whisper truth into their ear. Like, no, that's a lie. And I just think it's so, it's so encouraging <laughs> just for the lack of a better word. It's beautiful. And I just, I absolutely love it. Oh, that's, really makes my heart so happy to hear you say that. And I hope other people find it just as encouraging as you. Uh, Thank you so much for coming on and all of your sweet words. And uh, it's going to build up somebody today with um, a good feeling that if you're in the waiting, you know, we're here for you and you're not alone. That is the truth. You are not alone. If you want to get to know more about Holly and her creative marketing page, you can scroll down to click the link in the show notes. If you want to dive a little bit deeper into the scriptures mentioned here today, I'm going to go ahead and post them there as well. And one more thing, don't go just yet. If you have not clicked that subscribe button and you really, really enjoyed this, not only click subscribe right now, yes, right now, but also write an awesome review. That way, if it's if you're seeing this on Apple Podcasts and you do this, more people can see this podcast and be encouraged just like you. Have a great week, everybody. Bye.